correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, a podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. I'm here with my friend Steve. Good evening. And we have a very special guest. And like always, when we have a very special guest from the network, we let them go ahead and introduce themselves and the podcast that they run. So we want to welcome... Dustin from Stag Drag. Hey, everybody. <laughs> this is Dustin from the Staggering Dragon podcast and Guardians of the Wills, if you listen to that back in the day. But yeah, we uh, we just released our latest episode today, uh, actually, or last night, I guess it was. Um, I listened to it this morning. Yeah, you did. I was impressed. <laughs> you must have got up. And that was the first thing you did is listen to our podcast. I start work at six o'clock in the morning. That's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, we, uh, our latest podcast, we talked about our lake weekend where we all were nerds in a house for three days and played Call of Cthulhu and it was awesome. Take a drink. But, uh, that's right. (laughs) We, we had enough of those that weekend. Hooli has suggested that there should be a me and Steve drinking game. And one of the reasons to take a drink is whenever we mention Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> well, yeah. Every time Call of Cthulhu is mentioned. <laughs> I uh, love Call of Cthulhu. It's a great um, game. It's, it is. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're having a blast playing it right now. It, it's like, um, you know, going from, I went from like playing Saga Edition Star Wars. That's, you know, the D20 based system. And then going to the FFG Star Wars, you know, it, it it's like a breath of fresh air because I'm really bad at math and <laughs> I didn't want to do math anymore. And now I can just look at symbols and it makes more sense to my brain. And we get to, you know, have all the big narrative scenes and everything. And I think Cthulhu is that, but even a step further because there will be hours that go by that we don't roll any dice. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that. We're just all sitting there telling a big story. And that's what appeals to me anyway. Yeah. Well, no. And, and Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu is, it, and you talked about this on the, on your episode, but it, it really just, it's a completely different approach. And when we talked to Jay Little, uh, I don't know, was that a month and a half ago, Steve? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, roughly. You know, that came up and he said, yeah, I think he said, he said, I think Genesis could do that. but Call of Cthulhu is such a different animal in the first place that like you don't necessarily need the narr- narrative dice in it or maybe you don't want them because yeah, they might get in the way <laughs> like you know because you're intentionally as he put it you know you're giving up that preservation aspect of your character right yeah it's it's weird because it's almost like um you know you make these characters in you know, a fantasy RPG or Star Wars or whatever, you're not, you might put a little bit of yourself in it, but you're never going to be Han Solo flying the Millennium Falcon. As much as I want to be, I know I'm not going to do that. But when you play Call of Cthulhu, my character, he's a doctor. He's just a regular old guy. 
And that's what I think is cool is you're not a superhero, you know? You're just a regular old person that is going through some <laughs> some serious stuff and seeing some stuff that you've never seen before and how can you mentally deal with that? I you know, that's that's like the essence of it, I think. Yeah, I yeah. I have been quietly working on figuring out stats and how to do it, but I'm working on building a class for actually Delta Green that is just like skeptical podcaster. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like I just like I I want to build like not that this is a great example, but I want to build like an Alex Jones type podcaster for Delta Green where it's like what do you do? Well, I uh I look into things and then you're like trying to tell people and Delta Green just doesn't care because you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> One of Neil's characters was uh he was a uh he was a con man and he pretended to be a psychic. Like he didn't believe in any of it and he pretended to be a psychic. And the ironic part is, is like half the stuff he was telling people is actually, he's coming to find out is actually true. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, speaking of that and speaking of, of, you know, unexpected twists, unexpected twists. That's the words. <laughs> Let's talk about some unexpected twists and turns. So we brought you on because you're sort of a, well, I wouldn't say, I don't know. You're Maybe. a self-admitted agent of chaos. Yes. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> you said it in your, your episode that dropped this morning. So, <laughs> Yeah, there's some truth to that. Yes. But yeah, we figured, you know, we wanted to talk to you just because we wanted to talk to you. And this seemed like a good topic to bring up because like listening to be it your G.I. Joe or your Star Wars actual plays, it seems like your table is very prone to, as Steve likes to call them, shenanigans. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, Steve likes to call them. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like to, uh, I mean, so this group of guys that I've been gaming with, we've been gaming together for some years now. And we've gotten to that point, and you can tell in our, our live plays that we have that we all kind of, we're always on the same wavelength. It, you know, we kind of all always know what each other's about to do or, you know, what should be funny at this moment. Because what we like to do on the, on the show especially is laugh. I mean, we want to <laughs> be silly and have fun and do some crazy stuff. And, uh, the Genesis and the Star Wars rule sets, I mean, really lend themselves to that open, that that freedom of just doing whatever you want. Like, I don't have to look up on some kind of table and s try to find out what the stats are of a chair that Neil's character decides that he's going to throw across the room at somebody. Right. Well, thrown weapon. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it, it just, it just lends itself to that narrative quality. And, and like Neil said, it's, um, you know, setting a scene and everybody picturing that in their head, as opposed to, I'm not saying this is wrong, but you know, everybody likes what they like, but I felt like a lot of times when I played, when I would run Saga edition, I would have a map out on the floor and it would be a picture of what the room was. And so you've already put 
in a box in somebody's head of what this environment is. And I feel like a lot of people are like, well, that's what's here and nothing else. Like, if I wanted to blow open this vent and have hot steam come out, I don't see any vents on this map, so I can't do that. Whereas, you know, with Fantasy Flight Games, Star Wars, and Genesis, you're not putting people's imaginations into a box. It's just, what can you come up with? It's almost like, um, I, I think everybody that we play with has such a good imagination and, I, and you have to have a good imagination to play the way that we do um, that you can just come up with stuff off the top of your head and throw it in there. And then when a game and our players do that kind of stuff, I have to be able to roll with it and 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 put that in my head of, you know, the picture that that they've just painted and it just snowballs on top of itself sometimes. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that like. Like, I think you're saying, you know, for you, a lot of it just comes from the familiarity. But, yeah, that does, it just makes, I I agree with what you're saying, though, because, like you said, sometimes having the map there, while some people need that as a concrete reference, other it, it also becomes restrictive because subconsciously you look and, well, that's on the, the page that we're using, so it's there. This is what it looks like. It's not, well, hey, is there a, you know, a... a a chandelier, you know, hanging above the guard standing in the middle of the entryway. And obviously that doesn't work for Star Wars, but you know what I'm saying? Well, maybe right. it would, but anyhow. Yeah, I think I think that's so to get off on on the maps maybe a little bit. When I use maps, I try to make them as absolutely vague as possible. Like, here's the shape of the room. This is the important thing you're worried about. And then I'll leave all of the other details out. Because that way my players can look at it and go, well, is there a chandelier? Yeah, there's a chandelier over the thing. Or is there a vent here? Uh, yeah, why not? There could be a vent there. I don't see why that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I agree that like the vagueness is what what allows for that to, like I say vague, but the, the openness allows for maybe rolling with chaos a little bit more. And and you know a thing or two about rolling with chaos coming from someone who listens to stag drag. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's almost like sometimes we, we, we try to one up each other, each game that we end up playing or each session that goes by, you know, like, uh, like I was saying on our, our podcast that just came out, Nate and I like to sit there and we kind of like to let it marinate for a little bit while Gary's running the game. And then one of us just kind of looks at the other and we're like, just kind of a little head nod. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> this is, this has gone too normal so far. <laughs> like we need to do something crazy right now to just get the ball rolling. Because when we do that, then everybody else that's playing starts doing the same thing, you know? And then that's when it gets really fun. That's when, you know, all hell starts breaking loose, basically. Yeah, it's time for the squirrels to go on parade. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> your your crew does this in a way that somehow still, despite being gonzo, doesn't just turn into a one-up fest. Like, I don't know, like, the, the, the thing that popped into my head was, I believe it was Nate in the G.I. Joe one. Was he playing? No, Nate was playing the ninja right? Nate, Nate was silent, but deadly. Yes. Okay. The, the, whichever one of the was that was playing the wrestler dude and he had the ring, the ring square. <laughs> that was Neil. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that yeah. I that had to have come out of left field. <laughs> so I knew about it beforehand. He told me about it beforehand because he was like, well, actually, before I get into that, I will say that the one thing that we all do, we don't just throw crazy stuff out there that doesn't make any sense to the story. Mm-hmm. We try to throw stuff out there that, yeah, it's crazy, but it makes sense with with what's going on. I mean, you know, the story is still the main thing that we're trying to do or trying to tell. As far as Neil's, his character's name was Neckbreaker. He yep. was a ex-professional wrestler that was that was hired by G.I. Joe to fight Cobra. And he came up to me before we played and he said, I have this idea. Is this okay? And he told me what it was and I laughed my ass off and I said, yeah, that is awesome. But none of the other guys had any idea that that was going to happen. <laughs> and that's some of my my favorite points in those live plays is listening to everybody genuinely laugh their ass off when something like that happens. Yeah. No, they, yeah. And I think maybe that is, is that you think one of the keys is kind of having that sort of relationship where maybe two of two of the people at the table are in on the curveball, but the yeah, rest of them aren't. I, I think, I think so. Um, I think it's, I think it just goes back to that thing that we've been playing together for so long and, we all know what makes each other laugh. And for the most part, it's all the same thing. Cause we're all pretty much the same person, but you've been playing with each other for that long. You start to get tendencies. You know what somebody is thinking or what somebody's going to do sometimes, you know, and stuff like that happens. And, and like I said, our, our main thing is to do, do stuff while we're recording to make, hopefully whoever's listening to it laugh. And then like, the weekend at the lake a couple weekends ago, we weren't recording. We do everything to make each other laugh because, you know, we're going to do something crazy. And, and it, and it, and it just, that's just how we like to play. And I, I know some people like to play super serious and that's totally fine if that's what you want to do, but we like to just sit down and, and have fun and laughing is our number one goal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes sense. And having listened to what you guys put out the two campaigns so far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, it, it, it is. And you can tell you guys are just genuinely having fun and, and you guys, you know, that's, that's your bit, if you will. But I wonder too, like a lot of times, you know, the, the old adage is no campaign ever survives first contact with the players. And that's, you know, kind of talking about curveballs, but in kind of a negative sense. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder you know, given the amount of, so to speak, planned good experience you have with dealing with curveballs, maybe, you know, do you have any thoughts as to what to do if, if maybe someone throws a curveball that is derailing the campaign or something like that? Um, I, I think I've said this before on our podcast and if you haven't listened to it, I'll, I'll tell this story again. I was at, uh, gamer nation con four, I think, when uh, uh, Katrina Ostrander was there, and she's written for, you know, Star Wars and uh, L5R and, and a bunch of other stuff, and she was the, the guest of honor. I sat down, and I, did, I wasn't playing. I just asked her, I said, hey, if when you're running this one shot, 
um, today. Do you care if I just sit in and watch? And she's like, yeah. And the way she set the whole thing up really opened my eyes to everything because I, I had been coming off playing Saga Edition for, I don't know how many years we played it, but everything was pretty linear. And the way she ran everything was she basically came up with an environment and then everybody just kind of played in it. There was no like, you know, set thing as far as, uh, I mean, she may have had it in her mind and I'm sure she did as far as things she wanted to get accomplished, but there was no order. There's no specific order. And Huli's talked about the same thing. You just, you have like three or four things that you want to have happen and it doesn't really matter what order those things go in. And, and you basically let people play in your sandbox that you've created more or less. And, uh, that's kind of how I approach stuff. And so when somebody throws me a curveball, if I understand the environment well enough, they can throw me all the curveballs they want. And I, I know how that would affect what's happening in this environment that we're all in right now. It, it you know, if I know it well enough or I've written it myself, then there's not a whole lot that they could do to, to totally derail something but i'll tell you what the the second i think it's the second episode of our star wars live play that was 100 percent off the cuff <laughs> they they got arrested by the empire and were put into imperial custody i had no plans of that happening at all i didn't i didn't have any of this written down i assumed they were going to fight their way out of the situation because that's what they usually do. <laughs> it's like <laughs> if there's an opportunity for Neil to pull his gun out and start shooting, that's what he does. And he didn't do it. <laughs> and so they got arrested and I had to wing the whole thing of them being in a jail cell and trying to get out basically. So sometimes, sometimes it just comes down to, you just gotta, you just gotta, you know, all the episodes of, Star Trek you've watched or all the episodes of Battlestar Galactica or whatever it is that you've watched, I'm sure are subconsciously in there somewhere and you, you can come up with something or I, you know, I generally can. There's been times that I've had to be like, okay, look, let's take like 30 minute break. Cause I got to figure out what to do. But for the most part, we just run it on the fly and just see what happens. And, and with Star Wars and Genesis, those guys tell me the story more than I'm telling them the story, you know? I'll just throw them in the environment, like I said, and, and let them play, and they tell me. They tell me what the story is more than anything. Mm -hmm. Well, I wonder if, and, and not to tangent too much, but I think that's maybe a, a strong point of that system in general, is just having the players tell you the story, because... I ran a one shot, well, like last week and just sort of rolled with the punches and was able to like, cause my players made a left turn and I was like, okay, well we're going this way. It's a completely different way that I'd planned on. And, and by, by saying left turn, I don't mean like, oh, well they just made a left when I wanted them to make it right. I mean, like Steve was there. They had some awesome roles, convinced a guy that they weren't supposed to convince and ended up where it's like, well, good luck now. <laughs> Yeah, we ended up walking into the bad guy's office instead of being dragged there, basically. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. They walked in and, and the bad guy's like, uh, uh huh. <laughs> but so, like, so kind of what I'm hearing though, like is it's like, it's a combination of being ready to pull something out of your butt. And also kind of the, as, as uh, Brett Bowen ex- told me, it's you know, the quantum ogre theory of, you have this thing, so if they go off in a direction that you weren't planning on them going, you just put the thing that you had planned where they're going anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. It's the illusion of choice. Yeah. It's like, you can either go down road A or B. It doesn't matter what road they go down. There's still this thing that I have planned is still going to happen no matter what. But you, you give them the illusion of choice of you know making a decision so they feel invested in it and then then that happens all roads lead to rome (laughs) (laughs) well that was that was kind of a listener question well it was a listener question i just rephrased it and kind of spread it out a little bit but i have another listener question and this one i think is maybe a little more in your wheelhouse and this is what do you you know those moments when the player throws you that golden curveball that you just take your notes chuck them over your shoulder and lean in you know how do you set up to just yes and and keep that excitement and that tempo going. Well, that's a so that's a good point. Is the keep it keep the excitement and the tempo going. I I'm kind of like Hooli in that I I want to have everybody's attention all the time because I feel like if somebody's looking at their phone or something, I'm not doing a good job. You know, I'm not holding their attention. And yeah, when somebody throws you a total curveball. It's it's like you got to have your poker face on sometimes and act like yeah I had this planned the whole time when in the, in your mind you're like oh my god what am I gonna do now but a lot of stuff especially Star Wars and I've played Star Wars so much that I I know the environment of Star Wars so much that I mean we could do anything. If they could do anything, and, and and I I feel like I could I could come up with something. I've I've told them before, and I've thought about doing this on a show. Is nobody has any plans? Let's all just sit down at the table, and in ten minutes, you tell me what in Star Wars we want to play, and let's play it right now, mm-hmm. and just run it. Because I feel like I know Star Wars, and I know the system well enough to where I'm confident enough to where I could do that. That could be, I, I, I like that idea. It's, it's scary to me as a GM, but some of that is because I'm probably not as versed in Star Wars as you are or whatever, but I, I do like that idea. And, and there's a trend now in the indie scene too, of making games that are kind of designed on that premise. Maybe not that 10 minute, you know, you know, spitball session and play, but that collaborative world building and go. Well, isn't mm-hmm. that, I mean, not to not to interject too much here, but isn't that the whole point of powered by the apocalypse? That's a lot of it. Yeah. Get, when you do character creation, you figure out the like actual game you're playing or like the kids on bikes type stuff where it's, you know, everybody gets together and we figure out this is what we're playing. This is the campaign setting. Yeah. And Huli Huli did uh, kind of the same thing before uh, at one of the cons. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, he basically would sit down with a group and in an hour, everybody comes up with their characters and then he'd take like a 30 minute break, come up with a story, come back to the table and let's go, let's play it. We just came up with it and, and they did. And it's, 
it's fun to watch stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure. And like, I think, well, I think that it, if you're comfortable enough as a GM to do that, I think that's probably very freeing because you're just as surprised as the players. You're having as much fun learning what's happening as they are. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's why I love doing that. <laughs> I so I like I like for fun to write stories and I don't think I almost feel like it's cheating when I sit down to write a story because I'm the only one that's coming up with what's happening. And it's never going to be as interesting or as crazy as it would be with five other people sitting at the table and everybody throwing in their ideas, you know, as opposed to just you, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to tell somebody something. That was always the thing that got me is that like, it was always fun to me to run games and then ask my players like the next session and be like, all right, does anybody want to recap what happened? And they tell me things and highlight things that I thought were just minor details, but they were like, Oh, and then this guy did this. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, uh, sure he did. I mean, uh, yeah, he did it, but like, I didn't make that a big deal, but okay. I guess it is now. <laughs> yeah, the things that people sometimes latch onto, you're just like, I didn't even like, that was like a sentence I threw in there for flavor. And now, and now this guy's like an accomplice in a murder. Yeah. Yeah. No, that you're right. Yeah. Listening, you're, you're just listening to your players, but it's, it's paying attention is the, is the, the key there. But, you know, you talk about, and I, I said daunting as far as just kind of, you know, sitting down to do something, but I just remembered the Steve and I played a uh, Cyberpunk 2021 shot. Jeez, what was that? Two years, three Two years, years ago, ago now? And we were missing a couple of people that week that our group was getting together. So it's like, well, I'll run a one shot. Well, then life went crazy and I had no time to plan anything out. But I knew Steve had made a character. And so I made a couple of quick pre-gens and I, the, the, the idea that I literally came to the table with to run this one shot was Steve's character was a, a, well, I'll let him explain it, but he was a corp. (laughs) Okay. But his company ran these like, and for whatever reason, I was thinking of like the cyberpunk kind of punked up equivalent of monster energy. Right. So they run these vending machines that are through the city that sell and these machines are getting jacked. And so he's got to go find out what's going on. And that was literally all I had, but we had yeah. a blast with that game. Steve's character was a, was a corp that wanted to be a solo and basically just masqueraded as Batman <laughs> <laughs> at night. Well, he's like running around like, and he's terrible at his job. It's <laughs> <laughs> And then we had the actual solo who yeah. was making my little ponies out of his plastic explosive. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> then our fixer got ran over twice. Oh, because he shot the guy driving the van that was coming at him. That's true. <laughs> his instinctive reaction was not to dive out of the way. It was to shoot the guy driving the van at him. <sighs> that game, that game was fun. Yeah, that was. sounds awesome. I miss, I miss playing 2020. That's, Anyways, that's a different tangent. <laughs> I, I, that's the game that really, truly got me into RPGs. So it's like, for me, that's like my like my bread and butter. My ideal game is a 2020 game. Speaking of which, another Patreon question, just to ask you a softball. What's your favorite system? <laughs> oh, my favorite system. Um, and why? Yeah. 
I mean, if if I was going to have to choose, it'd be Genesis. And, you know, for the reasons I said, it, it's Genesis is I'd so, you know, as much as I talked about in Call of Cthulhu going a couple hours without rolling any dice or anything like that, a Genesis, you can get crunchy with it if you want to. I mean, or you can be, you know, totally narrative with it. It's just however you want to do it. And it's so versatile and flexible. It works with anything. I mean, all you have to do is reskin stuff and go, which, I mean, you can do that with with a lot of stuff, but Genesis just lends itself to that actual, you know, the style that I like playing. It just does it better. It just... Yeah, exactly. It's a combination of the dice and the fact that it's such a narrative focus. And there were some little genius bits in the design where, like, you know, it's intentionally designed so that you aren't thinking about the probabilities of the dice. You're just going, Oh, this makes it a bit better. Yes. This makes it a lot better. Yeah. You know, so it, it takes the, the math out of your brain. Yeah. I mean, it was such a breath of fresh air going from saga edition to FFG star Wars when I didn't have to sit there all week before we were going to play and come up with a bunch of bad guys that mathematically, you know, had to make sense with, you know, the level that the PCs were at and all that stuff and pull my hair out. And then I'll throw in 14 talents for this guy to basically, you know, be at the same level as my PCs. And then, oh, when we're playing, I forgot that he had these 13 other talents. And, you know, it's like, how many pages of a bad guy do I need on the table? And Genesis is, it's just like, there's the adversary talent. End of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, but it is. It's just like I, I, and I, I, I really, really, really like Genesis. I'm not to the point where it's the only game I want to play. And in my head, Genesis and Star Wars are the same game. I know they're right. not. That there are some subtle differences, but the narrative dice, I think, is is what I really like about it. Yeah, and yeah. It, they're the same dice. They just don't have copyrighted symbols on. <laughs> the gen or trademark or whatever the appropriate legal blah 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 term is yeah it comes down to the force die and uh, then in genesis if you're going to run magic you know yeah. which you know genesis kind of streamlined that you could you know and a lot of people have talked about and ran star wars using genesis rules and you can absolutely do that with you know using the magic rules instead of the force rules but you know either way you sit down to the, the whole point is to sit down and tell a story. And if you're not doing that, you might as well play a skirmish game. You might as well play like X wing or something like that. You know? Well, now here's a thought. Do you think just because I know we have a lot of listeners that are, that are into the narrative dice. Do you think the narrative dice encourage more curveballs, or do they create them on their own? Or <laughs> is it just more based on your players? Um, I think it's a little bit of your players for sure, but I think it, I think it also, I think there's that definite like inherent railroad situation that you can have in the old D20 system that isn't there in the narrative dice system, which will cause naturally curveballs. So, you know, I, I could, I could see you know, just kind of depends on the type of person you are and, and, and the type of game that you want to play or what you're used to running or what you like to do. But, you know, you can have everything 
written down exactly and you have your players go through it exactly that way without any curveballs. But Genesis is kind of more like I was talking about with Katrina's game. It's like, here's the environment and I have this handful of things I want to have happen. Go play, you know? Well, yeah. I think part of it is Genesis by the nature of having your players have to come up with how do we spend these advantage? What do we do with this triumph? It mm-hmm. makes them engage more creatively with the story. It forces it. And yeah. so I think that inherently probably because you're actively engaging their creativity is maybe going to cause more curveballs, but because everyone's in on it, it might not feel as much like a curveball. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I think it just, you know, it, it, it kind of naturally, you know, has those things happen. But like you said, if if everybody's in on it, if everybody is contributing to the story, you know, and your players are telling you, you know, the crazy stuff that's that's taking place instead of you, you know, not you're not forcing them, but sometimes you feel like you're getting railroaded sometimes, you know, if the GM says it. You know, if the players say it, then yeah, everybody at the it's like an automatic buy-in for everybody. Yeah. Well, that goes back to you know, like the one question was, you know, that that throw your notes away. Well, maybe it isn't really making you throw your notes away, but if your players think it is, then they're all excited. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you just you know sometimes you just got to have that that poker face, like I said, and just sometimes act like, oh, I planned this all. well and i think sometimes genesis with the dice results lends itself to curveballs like you you sort of expect players you know you you start giving dice that'll either give triumph or despair and you you sort of expect uh you have to plan for a triumph or despair but occasionally Mm -hmm. it's like oh crap they just rolled a despair what's gonna happen now (laughs) (laughs) you know like or we uh yeah, go ahead. We sit at the table and we want, we want those triumphs and despairs. We want them so bad. And even if it's a negative thing, even if it's a despair for the PC, we all want that to happen because we all know that, you know, that's going to take the game in just a totally different direction than what we were, you know, that that we already had in our mind, the preconceived notion of what we already had thought was going to happen. And that despair comes up and everybody gets super excited. They get excited about the despairs as much as they get excited about the triumphs, I think. Oh, yeah. At least yeah. my guys do. Uh, I, I get excited for despairs because I want to know who's going to lose a limb. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. the guillotine falls and... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I have, and this is, and I don't want to, so if, if you haven't listened to Stag Dreg's G.I. Joe game, stop us right now. Go listen to that because I'm about to kind of throw a little bit of a spoiler that comes out about halfway through the game. Please come back. <laughs> don't, don't just leave and go listen to that and then never come back. Just pause and then come back. We'll still be here. I promise we'll still be here. <laughs> but I, I want to know, were you at all in on the character sheet swapping? And you can fill in the story because I got to be honest, I have, I haven't learned your players' voices enough 
to quite know who's who exactly anyway. But yeah, that just made me laugh so hard when I found out about that. So that was Gary and Stu. Um, they played twins. They played identical twins. And no, I was not in on the on the character sheet swapping. I had no idea. I had so many other things I was worrying about at the table. I had no idea that they were swapping character sheets. And so, yeah, the bit was, uh, oh gosh, what did they say? <laughs> Something like, oh yeah, well, uh, you know, you you might think that because we look alike, you know, because we're twins. And that was the trigger for them to switch character sheets. And I had no idea that was going on until about halfway through, I started to catch on to it because I would say, well, wasn't, didn't you go do this? And they're like, no, he went and did that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you did, but I've been drinking a lot and it's been like three hours. So I might be wrong, you know? And, and later on there, the, you know, totally, totally out of left field. I had no idea that was happening. And it, and it was, they, they pulled that off really, really well. I guess I should say. <laughs> and I don't know. To me, that was that's that was when when I started thinking of curveballs. That was the one that just stuck in my head. Yeah, that was de- that was a definite curveball. <laughs> <laughs> but they pulled it off so cleanly. And then, like now that you say it that way, where you were going, oh wait, wasn't it you? And then they would they would say the line. <laughs> yes. Yes. They're like, yeah, I know, I know how you would think that, or I can see how you would think that, you know, being as that we're twins, you know, <laughs> and then papers would change. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Now, did they both have copies of both sheets? Well, it was funny because if you go back and listen to it, no, they only had one sheet per character, and there was there was one time if you go back and listen to it where one of them got confused as to which character he was because <laughs> he tried to do a leadership check or something like that. And he's like, yeah, you know, but I'm not real good at it. And the other one's like, yeah, you are brother. Yeah, you are. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. oh, I'm terrible. What? Yes, you are. What? <laughs> I was just looking at that. Hold on a second. <laughs> See, that's what yeah. I would be going. Well, give me your character. I want to look and see. <laughs> yeah, I with those guys, I I give them like, you know, an idea that I have and they they make their characters and I I generally trust them enough to where I don't even look at their character sheets <laughs> because I know that they're going to, you know, calculate everything, right? Cuz we've been playing a million times, but yeah, then stuff like that happens. <laughs> oh my god! I had no idea that was going well, on. Now you're looking at him, going, "Do I need to look at your character sheets?" <laughs> Everybody, write your names at the top of your character sheets. We're... <laughs> but like at the same time, to me, that's that's like you were talking about, where you're trying to make each other laugh, and yeah. so they had to be having a hell of a time keeping a straight face across the table at each other. Oh yeah, they, you know. We thought, I mean, I mean, we had no idea, like nobody else knew at the, at the table that that was going on either. You know, we were all oblivious to it. Yeah. My poker face is bad enough. I'd be sitting there giggling. <laughs> what the hell are you giggling at? Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, everybody's oh. just sitting around and laughing, you know, at everything that's going on anyway, that 
we had no idea. Well, yeah, the, the, that to me that was just like I said, that was the curve, the, the king of curveballs that didn't really impact the game at all. No, it, it it added to it. I think. I mean, it just the 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 voices that those guys came up with. You know, like everybody everybody's character in that game was amazing. They did a really really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that and the, well, Steve and I every time we you know do you guys as the podcast we bring that up and it like because as Steve put it and you guys so clearly got GI Joe. <laughs> I dude, I am a I am a huge GI Joe fan. Like I have the toys, I read the comic books, you know, all of it. Like a huge GI Joe fan since since I was a kid, and that was always something I wanted to do was when Genesis came out and start thinking of all the crazy games you could have. GI Joe was definitely at the top of my list. I just liked how you like it just had that cartoony <laughs> feel, but at the same point, it was very clearly that you guys are playing this, so to speak, in the memories of, you know, your 12 year old selves playing with Duke and wild bill and crazy legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it, honestly, it was, um, have you seen the Futurama episode where Nixon is, is watching the Saturday morning cartoons and they have GI zap? Yes, I have not. That's, but okay. That is what it was. That was like, you know, one of their, one of the, uh, Hermes, Hermes code name was like waterboard, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, that's, that's what we did. We basically turned that into a role-playing game. Well, it felt like, and, and I'm going to say this, it felt like early robot chicken. Like when they, Mm. when they were like, it felt like early robot chicken. And I mean that in the, in the best way, because like later robot chicken sort of mean spirited, but like early it felt like, oh, well, yeah, we genuinely care about this. And, you know, we're, we're dorks and nerds and all this stuff. And we just want to have some fun. And that's where I, I like, I picked up on that with your guys' G.I. Joe. I'm like, oh, man, this is just something that these guys, you know, really like G.I. Joe. They know how to get the feeling right. Like, you're doing a better job than those terrible movies that came out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to talk about some of the G.I. Joe movies that have been released. My buddy used to call them the Power Ranger knockoffs. but yeah no it just was i i i absolutely adored your gi joe run and i i you guys run a great podcast i'll just i'm just not gonna lie like you guys run a great podcast and and i have to say and i told you this when we were messaging earlier today part of me is slightly disappointed that you didn't record your call of cthulhu because i would (laughs) love to hear you guys play it but i understand too the volume of the adventure that you're playing is so huge yeah and yeah the the time it takes to edit actual plays i mean that's that's a game that would literally take years to play right right and there's there's some stuff though too that when we play when we when we recorded gi joe we just let it all fly. And I was really, honestly, I was worried. And I messaged GM Chris and I was like, dude, will you listen to this and make sure that you're totally fine with some of the stuff that we're saying on here? And, you know, 
he listened to it and immediately replied but he's like dude he's like you gotta release that he's like that is hilarious i'm like okay but when we play by ourselves and mics aren't on there's stuff that said that people probably there's probably some people that are going to get offended or they don't really need to hear that or they'll think it's too gross or whatever and it makes us laugh but probably shouldn't put it on a podcast <laughs> oh that's fair i mean i think that's that's really the case with anybody's private tables you know yeah. on some level right right yeah we we have um we have an idea that we've had for a long time for a role-playing game that we would use Genesis as the core set that we're pretty sure would, would, I mean, the amount of people that would get offended by it would be, uh, would be a lot, but Hey, I mean, you know, as long as you, as long as people are talking about it, maybe that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about what it's about because if we do actually do it, I want it to be a surprise for everybody. But oh, that's cool. All right. Well, so now that we've talked about this and that, let everybody know where they can go to find Stag Drag and any other way they want to try and digitally stalk you or whatever else it is that <laughs> you'd like them to do. Yeah. So, uh, Staggering Dragon, thestaggeringdragon.com. Um, you can find all of our episodes. The Guardians of the Wills episodes are on there too. We've got a bunch of different ways. Uh, stag drag podcast at gmail.com. If you want to just email us, we have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter handle stag drag. Um, and we're on Instagram. So, and then of course the D 20 radio discord server, mm-hmm. you can always get a hold of us that way too. Cool. Cool. All right. You got anything else, Steve? No. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, it is then time for Game of the Week. Game of the Week? Hey, what the <laughs> hell's Game of the Week? Anyway. Yeah. All right. yeah. Game of the Week. Game of the Week. All right, Dustin, you, you told us you understand how to play Game of the Week. So <laughs> what order were we going in this week? Uh, heck, I'll go first. Mine's super. Mine's mine's nothing current. Okay. But uh, it's current to me. If you don't, If you don't mind, I'll just go. Go yeah. for it. So we were, like I said, down at the lake a couple weekends ago, and I we had played Munchkin many times before, but I was at Half Price Books like the week before we left, and they had Marvel Munchkin. And I was like, oh, that'd be fun. So I grabbed that. We, pl- I, I mean, we played the crap out of that. So like, you know, at midnight or one o'clock when some of the guys were, you know, they were done and they had to go to bed. The rest of us played Marvel Munchkin till like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of, it, it's fun because I'm a huge comic book nerd and I love Marvel and I love all the characters and everything that are in it. But it's kind of weird because you're shield agents, but the game is you're, you're fighting against each other. And that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, you know, shouldn't you be helping and i and i know you can help people in munchkin but the goal of the game is to beat everybody and i thought that was kind of weird that everybody was shield agents and not cooperating against the bad guys all the time but anyway yeah i think the setup to that is that your shield agents buying for a promotion and that that solves that problem yeah that makes sense now you're right. now you're you're all fighting for the same promotion and I like that. Yeah. 
I, it's been years since I played Munchkin, but I remember it being very fun. Oh, I love Munchkin. It's I got a yeah. box of Munchkin Panic sitting over here that I haven't even opened that I found somewhere cheap. I got friends that like, I had a friend that was messaging me one time. He's like, I want to get into role-playing games. I'm like, you play Munchkin all the time. He's like, that's not a role-playing. Uh, yes, it is. all you have to do is start like acting like your character in munchkin and so we played a game that way and he's like oh i get it now like yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah sounds like a lot of fun yeah it was i i love that game and had the had the marvel skin on it so i was i was all in it was super fun (laughs) yeah like i said i think it fixes that problem if you just sort of go all right, well, we're all S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, but we're buying for the same, trying to get to the same promotion. Yeah, that's a good idea. And so you're just like throwing that. each other under the bus. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but that, that, but that fits, like you said, that, that really, that fits Munchkin, and it sounds like that would make it all work. Yeah. Yeah. That game's so fun. That game is so fun. Oh, what do you want to go next, Steve? Because I want to make sure that me and you didn't pick the same game. Well, I have two different ones. (laughs) Oh, geez. All right, we'll go. (laughs) Wait, am I going or are you going? You're going. I'm I'm going. going. All right, well, then I'm going to go with, and I don't think I've used this before. I'm going to go with Orbital Blues. Oh, good. Okay. Which is, it actually just came out uh, last August, but it's a, well, it's designed as a space Western RPG. It's the rock and roll future of yesteryear that never was and nobody wanted. So I'm seeing this as, you know, Cowboy Bebop, maybe uh, some Shades of Firefly, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, It's actually based on the rule set from Best Left Buried, which is a real simple D6 system with only three stats, which in this case are muscle, grit, and savvy. Um, But yeah, it just looks like a real fun kind of, you know, well, says it calls itself a lo-fi space Western game. So, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a love letter to offbeat sci-fi, vintage music. Like I said, to me, this, this you know, strains of, of Cowboy Bebop or Firefly or, you know, yeah. Mandalorian. But if you're going to do Mandalorian, why would you do Star Wars? Um, but anyway. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I like that sounds that that checks off a lot of boxes for me. Yeah, and it, and if you're interested, the PDF mm-hmm. on drive through is only like 13 and change. So okay, that's mine. I have a game, and when I saw this, I was reminded of okay. So you're you're both older than me, and in the in the early 90s, late 80s, there was a bloom of not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles clones. Okay. Meaning that games or shows like uh, Samurai Pizza Cats or stuff like that was coming out. There was one specifically called Biker Mice from Mars. Okay. Okay. Are you familiar at all with Biker Mice from Mars? No, I am not. Okay. There is a game called Heavy Heavy Metal Thunder Mouse, which is about a biker gang of mice and their motorcycle clubs. And I saw this. And my little 90s brain went, ooh, and it runs off fate. It is an episodic. It's it's a game that works best for episodic or can do long campaigns. But yeah, you and your friends make mice, found a club and hit the streets. These mice with gusto to build their own motorcycles and set off 
intimidating set off into an intimidating world where they're outsized but never outclassed nice that sounds fun and maybe this just ticks off how twisted my brain is but i now want to combine that with hell knight oh yeah but this is wholesome well that's true (laughs) this is like hell knight is one thing and and i love hell knight because it's really cool and really dark but this is wholesome this is like like i said when I saw this, I immediately thought of Biker Mice from Mars because it, it seems like the kind of game that you could play as like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like just with the episodic play, you just every day or every time we play this, it's a different story. You know, we tell it in a couple hours and we just have some fun and do some shenanigans and we play mice that are bikers and it's fun. Oh, no, it, it does. Yeah, it will. Yeah, no, that that could be. I would have. I would play it. Who am I lying to? Yeah, you would you play would it. play it. You would play it. <laughs> you would play it, and then also be like super geeked out and tell us about your bike and be super detailed about it because me and you are cut from the same cloth. In that we're both like minor motorcycle nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I only have two in my garage. Well, no, yeah. one's one's on the back porch. The other one's in the garage. Exactly. You're riding like some Suzuki chopper that you built, and I'm riding like the most amazing Honda Goldwing ever created. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could go off on a tangent there, but yeah. Uh, Heavy metal thunder mouse. Check it out. That it's does sound fun. 10 bucks for the PDF. And like I said, runs off fate. So it's should be a fairly simple game. Like fate's fairly easy to pick up. Yeah, um, I think so. After I, I actually ended up reading some more fate and yeah, but yeah, with, all of that being said, we want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. We enjoyed having you on and chit-chatting. And for those who uh, might have joined our recently started Patreon, there probably will be an outtakes episode of us talking about one of Dustin's favorite things for, oh, half an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. Right on. So that'll be coming out. Um, as always, links to everything are in the show notes. And... With all that being said, we want to thank you for listening. Get out there and play some RPGs and be kind to one another. Take care, y'all. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and RPGs. Find us on Facebook at meandsteverpgpodcast. On Discord at meandsteverpgs. And as always, all of these links are in the show notes. Thank you, and be kind to one another. How much for the cigar? Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that. I'm hearing shit, okay? Just <laughs> Are the voices in your head loud again? Yeah, they're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta tell you what Neil did at our uh our lake weekend a couple weekends ago. <laughs> he he jumped in the lake. Oh nice. And it's like I mean, we're in Missouri and it was <laughs> ten degrees outside and that lake had been getting cold for quite a few months. And it there <laughs> I 
he's a big dude. He's I'm a pretty big dude, but he's bigger than me. And I was like, man, you jump in that lake. If you if you start to drown, I'm not going to be able to pull you out of there. <laughs> like you're going down to the bottom, man. But yeah, he uh, he full on. There was a high dive on the dock, hmm. and he full on jumped into the lake. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. We have uh, we need an outtake for for the Patreon. So let's go ahead and get into it. <laughs> Here we go. Oh okay. God, this could last. This could last a while.